Welcome to Bayside's podcast. Our prayer is that this message will bring you some love, truth and life into all that you do. Well, how are we? How are we, church? That was a, um, a beautiful time of worship just now. Um, I felt like the Spirit just wanted to do so much and, and so much. I, f- I feel like he still wants to do some more as well. So um, we'll just uh, keep our ear inclined to his prompting, hey, throughout this service. Hey, um, before we begin today, some of you that aren't on our Facebook page, Bayside Family, may not know the exciting news, but about a year and a half ago, our founding pastors, the Mansbridge family, they, uh, they felt the call of God to go to Coffs Harbour, to suffer for Jesus in Coffs, you know, the, the sun and the beach and the, and the waves. And uh, the whole family went along with them. And, uh, and their eldest son, Jesse, who has been a part of this church ever since this church's inception, conception, let's say conception, it's like Jesse was born and the church was born, similar time. Well, he has some special news to share, and so we've got this short little video for you guys, just to keep you updated for those that aren't on Bayside Family. What's up, everyone? This is Sarah. We just got engaged. She's our fiance, missing your... Bayside to me. Keen as and dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse and... Sarah. Oh, it's playing again. Let's see it again. Jesse and Sarah were engaged. Uh, they gave us a call and we were excited for them. And so we posted it on Bayside Family. But you all should know that as well. And how exciting. How exciting. Come on. Who knows? That as daunting as it may have been for that young lad to say, yeah, I'm going to go to Coffs Harbour. I'm going to go to a place that I've never known before. But I'm going to follow the call of God on my life. It's daunting. It's scary but then the fruit comes, doesn't it? You know, the fruit is there. He's, he's met his bride. That's pretty wild. And it actually lines up with my message today, which you'll see in a minute. But uh, first off, I want to say welcome to all our visitors. If you have not been to Bayside before and you're visiting today, I want to welcome you from my, the bottom of my heart. I want to welcome you to Bayside. And uh, this is really echoey is. Is it echoey to you? Okay, all right. Okay, that's fine. Um, and if you're watching us online, we want to welcome you as well. Can we give a round of applause for all our people online? Thanks for joining us. And uh, last but not least, I, I just want to honour one person here. Um, Alex. Can you stand up, man? Please? He's there behind the desk. But not only that, where's John, John Minnie? John Minnie, is he floating around somewhere? Can you stand up too? Can we honour him as well? <laughs> the reason why I want to honour them this morning is because you may not know this, but early in the morning, before you're even rustling or your alarm's going up to, to wake you up to go and have some breakfast for sun, to get ready to Sunday church, 
they are here and they are setting up this place to make it look clean and nice for us to enjoy. And so they put the umbrellas out the front, they put the chairs around the barrels, they make sure that the floor looks good, they make sure that there's no surprises in the toilet. And they do a great job of it. And I think that is worth honouring because every Sunday this place is spick, this place is clean, and it's because of these guys here. So thank you, John. Thank you, Alex, for being faithful with what God has put on your heart. Well, 2024 has begun. Whether you feel ready for it or not, we are already in the midst of January. It's well underway, right? We've already started. If you haven't caught up yet, you better get on board soon because soon you're going to have to go back to work. The kids are going to have to go back to school. Things are going to start happening. The year is going to roll along, and before you know it, we're going to be in September. <laughs> it's already begun. And we, but well, actually, before you know it, we'll be kicking the heels of February, right? And uh, so if I was to recall last year over, the, over this period of time, if you can remember, we touched on the pillars of our house. Growth, gathering, giving, government, glory, generations and grace. If you don't know what the pillars are, you can have a look at that wall anytime and you can know what we stand for as a church, what we believe in uh, and, and what we aspire to be as, as, a, as, as a church. And so later this Earlier next month, we're going to touch on some of those again, and we're going to hone in on the pillars over a couple of weeks again, so stay tuned for that, because that'll grow us in our mission and uh, grow us in God. Now, I'm not going to go through them today, but you can have a look at them anytime you like. If you haven't seen them there, you can always go to our website, shameless plug here, baysidechurch.org.au, and you can see the pillars there. You can read up on who we are as a church. But for now, today, Brooke quite often tells me that I should be a little bit more personal and a little bit more open about my life and tell you some different stories about what's going on. So who wants to hear a story? Okay, that's a no. Phew, dodge that bullet. Excellent. I'm, uh... Right. Well, I remember when I was a young lad. I remember when I was a young warthog. And... Uh... <laughs> Well, I was, anyway, we're not singing. Um, and, and I was in year 11, and I was almost embarking on the end of year 11, and one of the things that we had to do was work experience. Has anybody here had to do work experience before? Anyway, I wanted to be a thespian. Does anyone know what a thespian is? An actor, an actor. I wanted to be an actor. And me being me, decided to go and do work experience at a cabinet maker's. <laughs> so, because I had voices in my, in, in my life at the time saying, you know, when you choose to do something, you want to make sure that it's something that will always be needed. And cabinet making, well, everyone needs a cabinet in their house. Not everyone needs an actor. <laughs> and so... I embarked on a week of cabinet making. I got to get up really early and head to the workshop, get there by 7, start my day. I was looking forward to Smoko, which was at 9.30, because then, you know, you could order some chips and chicken and stuff. Um, I was able to sweep floors for a whole week. 
It was enthralling. I was able to be picked on by an insecure man-child, uh, which was enthralling as well. Uh, you know, the, the joy just kept on coming. And uh, it, was, it was an interesting week, but it was fulfilling because work fulfills the soul, right? And uh, at the end of the week, I was called into the boss's office. And he, uh, he was there sitting with the, the, the office lady and, and he basically sat me down. We were doing the paperwork that I needed for school because I was about to head back, give it to my teacher. You know, I've done the right thing. I rocked up every day. I said I would. So it's all happening. It's all good. And, uh, and he actually sat down and he offered me an apprenticeship. And so all of a sudden, I was faced with an opportunity that because of the voices of people in my life at the time, I thought this could be a good thing because it's safe, it's secure, you'll always have people that need cabinets, you're going to have an income for life, it's, it's, it's worthwhile. But then on the other hand, I had this other passion that I wanted to pursue and wasn't sure what to do. And all of a sudden, I had this pressure on me to make a decision. On one hand, I could sign up for four years of sweeping floors, four years of sitting on the edge bandit, you know, gluing edges to, to boards, four years of putting cabinets together, four years of uh, putting kitchens in people's homes, and then probably a bit more after that, right? Or I could petition God and say, what do you want for my life? Is this what you want me to do? And now, 2024, at the beginning, you may not know completely what you're doing or where completely you are going this morning, but I'm here to remind you that you are called by God, that for God, to do something extraordinary with God. Called for more in 24 Yeah, right. <laughs> That's as high as I can kick. Let's, let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you. We thank you that we get to come and we get to celebrate life. We get to celebrate who you are. We get to come at the beginning of 2024. We get to dedicate 2024 to you. We get to petition you and say, hey, God, direct me in my decisions. And Lord, I pray for every person that is sitting here, that you will speak to them. It may not be necessarily today, but that you will speak to them over the course of the next week, over the course of the next month, and lead them into something extraordinary for you. In Jesus' mighty name we say, Amen. Called for more, 24. So here I was, some young punk, with this major life decision ahead of me. I had my car, it was sorted. It, I'm not going there, it was a, it was a little three-cylinder. Um, anyway, do I spend the next four years of my life working at a job that is an opportunity, but not necessarily anything that I saw myself doing long-term or for the rest of my life, or do I put this opportunity to God? See, this... Opportunity had presented, present, presented itself 
And uh, I had a decision to make. 2024 now, you may have the same question. Uh, an opportunity has presented itself to you in the form of a new year. So this is the moment that we turn as a people to the one who calls us. At moments when we come to a crossroad, we turn to the one who calls. We find ourselves on a path not sure where it's heading to. Turn to the one who calls. Maybe you know exactly where you're heading, but you know that it's all you. Turn to the one who calls. You find yourself in a wilderness and there's one who calls for you today. So let's refresh our purpose together. Let's align ourselves with the Most High and let's incline our ear to the one who calls. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. God calls you this morning because he chose you. So all the Bible greats had a call. We look at Moses and he had a call. I'm just sort of prepping a foundation here. We look in Exodus, we see God's call. He calls from the burning bush and he says, Moses, I've got a job for you to do. Exodus 3, 4. Elijah, the Bible greats, had a call on him. 1 Kings 19, 9. He heard the voice of God in a still small voice. Samuel the prophet had a call. 1 Samuel 16, 13. And Isaiah had a call. Isaiah 6, I'm not sure if you remember, but last week during worship I, I shared on Isaiah 6 and I said that the, the reality is that Isaiah didn't know what he was saying yes to. But he knew who he was saying yes to. And that's the important thing. There is a call for you because the Word of God says, you did not choose me, but I chose, and, I chose you and appointed you. He calls us. And we can see that he calls us through Scripture. Now, you may be sitting here this morning and you're thinking, well, that's okay because I'm young. I still don't know what I want to do yet. Or, or I'm young. I've got it sorted out. Well, age or position does not disqualify you from hearing the call of God on your life. I think of King David you know, he probably had his life mapped out. He's like slinging rocks at lions and bears and tigers. Oh, my. <laughs> but he was used to it. It was something he was, he was used to. He'd done it. And then all of a sudden, his brother comes to collect him to go meet this, this man of God. And he gets anointed king. It's a call of God on his life. You may be young and you haven't considered the call of God on your life. You, you probably... Uh, you know, you, you, you've, you've already got it sorted out. But there is one that calls you this morning. And that is why it's important that you're here today. You may be older. Who's older here today? Who's older than when they were last year? We're all older. You may be older. And you may be at a point in your life where you're like, you know what, that's me done and dusted. I'm, I'm good. I think I'm just going to enjoy Oprah in the late afternoons. And, uh, <laughs> you may think, I have arrived. 
I'm good, I'm retired now, I don't need to consider the call of God in my life. Well, no, God can, he calls to you and he can use you where you are at because that's the kind of God we serve. I think about Abraham and he was what age when the promise was actually fulfilled in his life, the promise of having a child? It was like old. He was older than he was last year anyway. Does anyone know the actual age? 99. There we go. He was 99. He was older and he still received the promise of his calling late in life. So age does not discount you this morning or determine that you're done with the call of God. In fact, there are times where I believe that God takes us on a journey, you know, and there might be seasons where we're called to something that will be finalised in a short period of time, but there is a greater call that is our lifetime and our lifetime's purpose. God calls each and every one of us ever since the time in the garden where Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and God was walking in the garden. He's walking around and he couldn't find him and he says, where are you? He calls to man, where are you? Well, where are you in the call of God for your life today? Called for more, 24. Can we, can we, uh, can you say it with me right now? I want to, I want to know that you're getting this this morning. Say, called for more, 24. Oh, that's a good feeling. Called for more, 24. I'm called for more, 24. 2024, you are called for more. Are you in the call of God for your life? What or where does God even call to you? So John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Yes, I've mentioned it a few times because it's the hero scripture today. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you see a bit of a theme here? Romans 8.30, and those he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. No matter where you find yourself at the beginning of 2024, consider the one who calls. I see a theme in all these scriptures that I just read out, and it is that God calls you to himself. So you might be unsure, okay, I know there's a call of God in my life. Well, where does he call me to? He calls you to himself. He calls you to himself. That's where I want to be at the start of 2024. I mean, I can, I can go down my own road and, and get to a point and then I'm just kind of like, hang on, God, what are you calling me to? I'm heading this direction. What are you calling me to out here? He's like, hang on a sec, Caleb, come to me. He calls you to himself. There is no better place than being with God, seeking the heart, seeking the mind of Christ, because that will unveil purpose. You're here listening to the word, you're feeding your spiritual self right now, and you're spending time in the presence of God, well, that's because he calls to you. King David in the Psalms pens in Psalm 27, I have asked God for one thing, to live with him in his house my life long. 
Doesn't that sound like he's untapped some sort of a secret? Last week and this morning, we spent some rich time in his presence. Now, and it was beautiful, God calls you to himself. Now, I remember when I was presented this opportunity to take on a cabinet-making role or to do something else, I, uh, I went and sought the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. And that's why I trust in him. That's why I trust in him. First and foremost, when you're in a place where you can't decide what your next step is, well, then God has called you to himself first. So go to him. Go to God. Go to God. He's called you to himself. So I had this decision to make. I didn't want to go alone. I sought the most high about what he was calling me to do, and I ended up with a decision. Who knows it's good to come to a conclusion when you've got an important decision to make, because otherwise you just sort of meander. I had a decision, and it wasn't the most logical at the time. But I had this direction, and I thought to myself, how can I trust this feeling even though it may for some or may for myself at the time go against all logic. I had this overwhelming direction to finish year 12 and then see if the apprenticeship was still on offer. I had so many questions within myself, but I just knew that that's what I needed to do because I sought the most high. He called me to himself. I sought the most high. I had my answer. So I said to the boss that I appreciate the opportunity. However, I want to finish school one more year, and could I possibly work weekends? Well, that sounds like a good solution. So I had my first job on Saturdays. Every Saturday, I'd get up, and I'd go to the workshop at 7 a.m. I'd grab a broom, do some sweeping, do some edge banding, get pushed around by an insecure man-child, and then knock off at 1pm. It was good. It was nice. But I still had to trust the plan that God had. I had to consider the nature of God when I was making this decision. <laughs> God calls you to himself. And as we hear the call of God, we respond. As we follow him, we get to know him more deeply. And because I know him... I know that I can trust him more because a question for some of us might be, is, is trustworthiness in the nature of God? I think of Moses when he was walking up to Pharaoh. He probably didn't have an entourage at the time. It was just him by himself. Maybe he had Aaron beside him. He's got his staff and he knew that God said, hey, put the staff down and it'll turn into a snake. But do I trust God enough to do this? And do I trust God enough that he's going to fulfill what he said? Do I trust God enough that when I actually put down the this, this stick on the ground, I'm not going to look like a fool? We've got to know the character of God and that comes from knowing him more deeply. He had to trust God with the staff. Psalm 18.30 says, God... His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. Can I trust his word where he is directing me to go? 
He is a shield to all those who take refuge in, in him. I think of the disciples as well and how Jesus sent them from town to town. He said, don't take anything. Hang on a sec, what? This isn't what I'm like. Like, if you know me, when I go camping, I pack stuff. No, 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 I don't think you understand. I pack stuff. Like, I pack stuff that I, that I need. I know I'm going to need a fry pan. I know that I'm going to need some matches. I know that I'm going to need a fire lighter. But then I'll throw in a guitar. I don't really need the guitar. Sometimes I even throw in rocks for a fire pit. And then I go to the camp spot and I find that there's rocks there already. Maybe I don't trust myself. <laughs> I think of the disciples and how they had to go from town, town to town. And Jesus said, take nothing, but instead allow God to supply your needs. See, they had seen Jesus feed the 5,000. The Bible says that he was moved to compassion and he met their hunger. He met their needs, so he will meet yours too. What is the character of the God that we serve, hey? What is his character? Can we trust him? Well, in my time walking with Jesus, my observance of his character says, yes, I can trust him. And this was one of those pivotal moments that spoke to that. Can I trust him with my decisions? Well, he is a God that sees the needs of his people and he meets those needs. He fed the 5,000. Well, surely he will meet my needs too. And this was one moment where I listened to the voice of God and it proved fruitful. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without justice, righteousness and upright is he. Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness goes through all the generations. Throughout the word of God, we see that God is his good. What else do we see? We see that he is love. We see that he is just. The Bible says that he is life and life to the full. That he brings life. John 15, 16 again. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. We trust the character of God because we get to know the character of God because he calls himself to us first. He calls us to himself first. There's another part to this scripture that I want to consider and that is to bear fruit. See, apart from knowing the character of God and trusting the character of God, we grow in the character of God as a people. And we start to reflect those parts of our Father in our own lives. We become a person that has life. We become a person that has love. We become a person that tries to be good. We become someone that is just. Because God calls you to himself for his purposes. And we get to journey the call of God with him. He is love. 
we journey the call of God and we see his love. We feel his love. We become more loving and we become more like Jesus. He is just. We see his justice through his grace on our lives. And then we begin to value justice and we show justice to others. He is life. We see the life that he imparts and he gives to all. We then value the life that he gives and we bring life to things as well. And conversation around what God is doing brings life to others. More for 24 is about the fact that this year God can be trusted as you step into 2024 because his character is trustworthy. Maybe in 2024, God's going to place you in front of kings and you're going to have a moment where you need to trust him more by putting the staff down and trusting that it's going to do what he said he's going to do. Maybe 2024, God has called you to slay some giants. Maybe you are the shoulder to lean on to fight for the giants in someone else's life. Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Very present. God, by his nature, is wholly good. His goodness is unmatched, and because of it, we can trust in him. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble, and he cares for those who trust in him. In his goodness, God always has our best interests at heart, and we know that all things work together for good of those that love God who are called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for good for those that love God according to his purpose. Even though you're making a decision that doesn't seem logical, doesn't seem right, if you have been called to himself, you've spent time with God and you've come to the conclusion that this is the decision you've got to make, trust him that he's going to take that decision through to fruition. At this time, when I was considering my, my, uh, my decision, I always would circle back to the scripture in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Because through that, I was seeking the heart of God, and I knew that he could be trusted to make a decision that would benefit my life. And so I continued to, tr- um, so I trusted in the source instead of my own thought process. At the time that I decided to not take the apprenticeship initially, I really, really, really wondered if I had made the right, made the right call. I would think things to myself like, oh man, you know, I've said no to this, that means I'm doing a year of school, and then if I do get the apprenticeship, like if they offer it again, you know, in four years' time, it's going to be an extra year and before I'm qualified. You know, all those things go through your mind at those life decisions. And so I continued to work there that year on Saturdays, and sometimes I'd have the, have the odd other shift in the school holidays or something like that. And mid-year... It was announced to all the workers that the company was shutting down. Guess how I felt? I felt great. (laughs) 
Obviously not for the fellow workers, but I felt great because I knew that God had directed me, to, directed me to the right decision. I had made the right decision. I had trusted him even though it felt like it wasn't the right thing to do and the fruit was in the decision. 2024 called for more. No matter what you're facing this year, no matter the decisions that you need to make, he can be trusted. He can be trusted this year. I think back to Isaiah 6, where Isaiah is taken up into heaven, he's shown all the heavenly realm, and he's like, oh, this is wild and wonderful, Lord. And then God shows him the people who God cares for so much, and he says, who will we send to the people of Israel? And then without even thinking it, Isaiah says, send me, God. I will go. And he did that because he knew that God could be trusted with his decision. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that life is a journey. I thank you that there are sometimes decisions that come up against us you know, mid-year, late, late in the year, early in the year, whatever it is, whatever time it is, where we don't know the correct way to go and instead we come to you and we seek your guidance for those decisions. And you guide us, you direct us. And we can have faith and the knowing that where you direct us, it is good. That where you direct us will be the right outcome that where you direct us, although it might be hard at the time or you know, there might be some little hard bumps along the road, that long term, that is the best thing for us. And I pray for each and every one of us this year that we continue to put things before you and say, Lord, can you just speak into this? Can you direct me in this decision? Can you guide me? because the outcome's better than what it would be if we left it up to ourselves. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can visit us at baysidechurch.org.au or listen to any more of our podcasts on your favourite listening app.